All right. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? All good. All good. It's been a while. Um, it has been a while. So is this is this an airbyte podcast? I'm not too sure. We can label it that, but we might have to decide that after. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one because obviously we haven't done one in about I don't know, probably 14 months or so, maybe. Wow. I think our last one was just before we joined Wild Goose. Lots, lots happened in that time, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. But um, yeah, so welcome to the formerly known as Airbyte podcast. Um, I guess we'll we'll think of a good name later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's 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 happened since 14 months ago? Um, well, I guess for those that listen to the Airbyte podcast, um, Airbyte sort of joined up with a company called Wild Goose, um, in business related news. And then more personally, uh, I guess I moved to London around that time as well. Yeah. And you got a new surprise. <laughs> I mean, surprise is an interesting word. But yeah, we, we, I say we, not as in Steve and I, but um, my wife and I had a baby yeah, in January. So that's a, a a big side project that I've been working on. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting journey. Um, Has it been what you expected? No. I don't think, I think everyone would say no to that. Cause like, even if you do all the classes, which we did, like we did all the classes, I did loads of research. It still does not prepare you. Um, obviously some things you, you feel you a bit more comfortable with than you probably would have been, but it's just, it's just crazy. And like how they, how quickly they grow. It's, it's really cliche, but it's true. Like even what, four months in, four and a bit months in, it's gone from like a potato to, a little human being that reacts and, and does stuff. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and then obviously uh, lockdown and COVID and all that happened, at, you know, two months in, which has been a bit of a, an extra challenge because it means we were, we we're on our own with our grandparents yeah. and, and all that, which is... Um, yeah, it's pretty scary, it a, bit, a, bit, a bit tougher, but uh, thank God for FaceTime. <laughs> how how are they coping with not being able to see? Uh, I think everyone's putting a brave face on it, but obviously it's just it's quite yeah. uh, quite hard. And luckily, we're kind of getting into a phase where hopefully that's like more uh, achievable. Like yesterday, so Hannah's mum is uh, on her own, so now we've got these like social bubbles that you can kind of form. So we'll probably yeah. have that. So actually she can interact with, with us and, and, um, our son. So yeah, there's, there's quite, we're making progress, but yeah. it's a long, long journey. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, this is not about my, my COVID <laughs> life, but it's about, um, I guess business and, and what we've been up to. So, um, yeah, wild geese. What, what have we been doing for last year? <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess, uh, 
so so back in April 2019 was when we first joined uh, full time at Wild Goose, and uh, Chris and Izzy, who were employees of Airbyte, came with us, which was very nice. Um, but there was yeah there was kind of a period of uh, weirdism I guess before that where we had to. Uh, talk to them about it, discuss what's happening, uh, and that part was pretty hard because um, mm. it was a big move for us in terms of uh, personally. Like it was a big move to say, "All right, let's stop doing airbyte stuff uh, with our clients and our own products, and let's join Wild Goose." And then it was another factor telling Chris and Izzy because you had to almost back up your decision which is a bit weird yeah um and you had to communicate in a way that it was yeah the best decision at the time yeah um yeah it, it involved a lot of trust from them yeah. to us like trusting that we're making the right move um and i guess we'll talk a bit about what you know whether it was or not and and you know there's obviously been lots of factors that have influenced that but at the time it was definitely the right move and um yeah yeah it was just communicating that and making making the blue but also not trying not to force them into this into the decision um yeah. we didn't want to you know strong arm them into believing what we believed and and buying into it we, it had to be a natural thing where they got excited about it and um i imagine this is difficult with any aqua hire type situation where you you have to motivate the whole team to really get behind that new mission and and it all happens really quickly as well, which doesn't help because you have to try and make these decisions pretty quickly, um, particularly in an agency environment, because you have to start being like, okay, well, do we, are we stop looking for clients? Are we stopping the sales pipeline? And obviously that involves huge risk if you do do that. So you have to commit quite quickly um, and yeah, turn things around. Yeah. I remember I was working at um, the, I was working on a financial product. For, like I was doing Android development and I was working in their office and every so often I came out and we were talking to Izzy or Chris or together and we sort of made that decision over the time I was working that contract yeah um, which was only a couple of weeks anyway so right yeah it was, it was pretty fast yeah and I guess I guess why did we why did we do it um it was mainly yeah. just down to focus I think it was our key keyword at the time it was like let's bunch together because we we found steve and i found ourselves working on different projects a lot and uh that was not that motivating um mm. we were starting to grow the team which was good and exciting um but it quickly became evident that we were just trying to do a lot of things at the same time and that's good for an agency and if you're looking to grow an agency scale an agency business but that's you know I'll, for, li- for listeners they, they will probably know that we we're not about that. We're, we're trying to build up something sustainable, or we're trying to build up something sustainable um, that would allow us to launch our own products off the back of it. So yeah. this was a really good opportunity for us to to join a, a budding product that needed some love and uh, wanted to explore kind of new channels and new acquisition strategies. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. It came at a good time because we kind of were like, yeah, we could probably down tools and, and try this out. Yeah, it was the challenges as well, I guess, because um, the projects that we were working on at the time with Airbyte, they weren't 
there were always sort of things that were done before or um, stuff that wasn't sort of breaking ground in terms of technology or even the products that we're working on. Um, it seemed to be sort of the same stuff, which, yeah, again, just fine for agency, but I don't feel like we were developing as coders or product people or growth, mm. really. Um, we wanted to be part of that growth plan, really, for Podcast. Yep. So, yeah, we joined in April last year, uh, 2019. And then, yeah, how do you how do you think it went? It was, uh, yeah, it was a good transition, I think. I think we we didn't change so much as a team um, the way we're working. If anything, it was a bit more structured, I guess, in terms of we had certain projects to do. Project management was pretty good. Um, I think because Chris and Izzy were pretty new in their roles anyway. There was a learning curve to how we spent sort of quite a bit of time doing sprint planning, which is good. Like we, we spent um, a lot of time doing retrospectives and discussing how our development sprints were going. Um, and yeah, it felt quite a good development team. Um, and we were producing some good stuff fast as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember being busy. Like, I don't remember much <laughs> over the time, but I think we, we were just busy a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And that was, yeah, make sure like support stuff and then working on development projects as well. Yeah, so, yeah, the crux of what we were working on was um, effectively trying to take Wild Goose's core offering, which is, you know, um, team-based activities uh, using technology. And we wanted to apply that to different verticals and have, initially a platform that basically targeted these verticals and allowed people to sign up um, and have these partners that would have, would basically be distributing these activities um, rather than us having to scale and sale and sell uh, those those activities and yeah so we were kind of building that out it's obviously a, a bit of a testing strategy and in the background of that we were doing loads of product development so we we're making the product a lot better a lot a lot um, more reliable and and doing lots of maintenance work uh, and then obviously yeah, build, rebuilding kind of the, the core offering and the, the website and making it so you can actually pretty much automated purchasing. You can go through and, and buy an event, um, gets generated, gets quality checked by a human. Um, but previously, this is all manual tasks and um, it's just something that we've made a lot more efficient. Um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of what we were working on for about a year. And then COVID happened. And yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the as as lots of industries did, but particularly the events and and leisure industry, they they stalled overnight, and that obviously had some consequences for us. Yeah, I think it happened around I'm gonna say March, um, and there was yeah, there was like immediate panic from I think the media. Um, firstly, in terms of this big thing is happening. Um, and I think that influenced businesses to then make decisions to cut anything that involved meeting up. Um, and I, I think we did have a pretty good pipeline. I'm not, I'm not too in-depth for what we had planned, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty big in terms of the summer months, which is usual. We have quite a lot of summer activities and events um, planned and scheduled in with companies. And I think they started to get cancellations, refunds are happening. And yeah, it kind of shut down the ambitious plans of the seasonality of the business, I guess. 
Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so the business kind of had to go into almost survival mode and um, protect the, the revenue that we, we could. Uh, we've obviously got a really powerful licensee community. This, this product's licensed across the world and and uh, it was a really unique situation where all of them were affected. Typically, if you know the UK has a bad you know, summer or anything that could affect obviously the UK business, but not the licensing community. Whereas this was, I'm going to try and avoid the word unprecedented, but it, it was where it affected everyone pretty much at the same time. And so yeah. there was a lot of effort going into supporting supporting them. And, and one of the downsides is, is the team had to be across the company, uh, reduced the team size and that affected the tech team directly. So only Steve and I were left. Um, and yeah, how do you, Looking back, like how do you feel about that? Um, you have to be quite diplomatic. We have to be quite diplomatic here, <laughs> but on, on a personal level, I guess. Yeah, I think it, it hit pretty hard. Um, I think the, it, I yeah, I understood the rationality behind it, but yeah, I, I think I felt some guilt factor of, um, yeah, sort of in Chris having to part ways. Um, I think that yeah, the guilt factor was there just because we made the decision on it, but half to join. Um, Wild Goose and put trust in it, and one part was that they would lose their positions, but another part was also losing the team, um, and us not being together as we joined. And that, mm. was, that was pretty tough to handle. Yeah, I think it's natural to have that guilt. Um, at the same time, I think it's like. A good opportunity for them to to go through kind of the worst thing that could happen within tech which is kind of you suddenly lose your job and mm. that is i think in tech like i've i've kind of grown that like you have to expect that at least once in your career like it has to it has to happen and um obviously i wish it didn't but i think they're they're both talented enough and um have you know i'm hoping that we kind of gave them enough experience and skill set that they they can and will and have gone on to do other things and um yeah it's it's a shame and there's obviously guilt around that but i'm glad it 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 has worked out for them yep shout shout out um <laughs> if they're listening yeah so that's kind of where we're at wild goose has pivoted to um hosting virtual events for the time being and obviously we're going to focus on the hybrid events once um people are permitted to to go go back into the world and, and explore places and um we're kind of on the cusp of that, and I'm sure in the next kind of next months things will things will pick up. Um, but okay, so that's enough from about wild goose and what we're doing. We mm -hmm. should talk a bit about more just industry in general, and, and obviously COVID just had a big impact. And what have, what have you kind of noticed around industries and? Yeah, and I think the, the initial part was interesting around the social side of things. Um, obviously, at the start, people were like confused you go through this weird period of being confused and not being able to see people and i think the immediate reaction was to do like random quizzes and <laughs> like <laughs> you, you saw us for uh, a group and general like random virtual things to do um and then house party the app kicked off randomly it was sort of it's been active for years now and I think it just saw a splurging growth at the start of COVID, really, just because yeah. it, it had that social impact. 
you're just able to join up with friends and hang out. Um, but it's sort of from my group anyway. It's it's gone down again. I don't I don't know um, like the wider impact, but yeah, you, you saw this growth in like and it was like huge for three or four weeks, and then sort of dwindled again. And I guess people are just going back to the normality a bit, um, going back into non-social life. But <laughs> but it was yeah, it's interesting. And then I guess with that, you from a business point of view, you saw the growth of Zoom um, on a wider scale. I don't still don't quite understand how that was the one that went huge. Uh, I don't know what started it. I think it's just but, it's the best of a bad bunch, isn't it? Yeah. Like you got that yeah. Teams. Yeah, Skype. Um, but I think, I think it, it, yeah, it was a FOMO thing as well. But I don't know how it reached FOMO. Like how how did the larger corporates and enterprises know about it and, and that sort of thing? That's, um, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but obviously they've they've gone huge and they're now sort of mainstream household name, whereas before they they weren't. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's been it's been interesting what what apps have been up there. I guess um, I've been using uh, Squad uh, for quite often, which is the um, where you can watch stuff together uh, whilst watching Netflix or watching YouTube or whatever. And me and my long distance relationship, we've been using it on a weekly basis, sort of once once every uh, week or something in the evenings or whenever we just say like do you want to watch something together and yeah. we just go on that it's pretty cool um, it is and it works cool. flawlessly yeah it's a very nice product it's one of those products that you're like like a mate in the pub would be like wouldn't it be cool like me <laughs> and my partner in random eastern European country could watch Netflix at the same time and yeah. someone's gone yeah that would be cool <laughs> And um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it works pretty well. Um, so yeah, one thing I'll see that has majorly been affected is is the stock market. And I know you you've been getting pretty hyped on on stocks, as a lot of people have, because of the, the mm. of how volatile the markets are. Uh, it's kind of drawing people in. Um, I guess my question for you is, if and when have you bought uh, Zoom stock? <laughs> uh, I'll have to look at the answer. I think it was. Um... I think it was quite early on. Um, it was when we started using it, I think, internally. I was like, all right, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty good. I think on all right, my first buy was on the 23rd, 23rd of March. Um, that's, that's not bad. That's pretty early. But I, I did sell it um, a month later, at the end of April, uh, because I thought it peaked. And I thought that there was uh, no longer room for growth. Which is, I I don't know. I, I still made quite a big profit off it, but yeah, it's still growing. So, so I feel like Steve, you're you're one that doesn't like to jump on the bandwagon of common investments. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I feel like we could start a podcast just around this. Maybe <laughs> maybe that maybe that's the future. We should just talk about stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's been it's been really interesting because it's turned into. I, I'm new to looking at the stock market in general, but it's turned into sort of what's being talked about a lot, 
like what product. It's been more focused on what people are using and the potential, I guess, rather than actual um, revenue and, and things. But I, I guess that's somewhat related. Like the more yeah. people that use Zoom, the more revenue they're going to do. And the more they um, announced when they did their first quarter, which also made their stock was like bump up hugely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, over the past few weeks, I've sort of been looking at what's what's dipped hugely from COVID, um, and then what's going to reopen again, and also like looking at what different countries how they've introduced the businesses, um, and what sort of time periods that have been released over the lockdown, mm. and then uh, try to get in early on certain things. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. So since since you've kind of got on this hype, I've also now joined this hype train, and um, I think my appeal is well, firstly of how easy now like apps like Free Trade, Trading One to One, like all those make it. Um, yeah. I distinctly remember this must be like 2012. I was no, maybe 2011. I was talking with a, a guy whilst I was doing a, a job at university, and um, he was studying finance, and he. Uh, was like saying about all these stocks and, and how he was like getting into it. And then I was kind of like, well, how, how do you even buy shit like stock and shares at that, that time? I was, I was like, it wasn't accessible at all. And he, and he showed me like this really old fashioned, like complicated website where you could go in and apply to buy and it would be really slow. And it would be literally a person who would then convert it for you um, mm-hmm. and take a percentage. And I was like, I was like, it's really cool. Like I was, I was blown away, like how he was doing this. But at the same time, I was like, this is so, um, okay, I don't even want to get involved in it until it becomes a bit more accessible. But obviously, with it becoming accessible, becomes other quirks. And um, yeah, so now it's super accessible. And I guess my my mantra is I really like an underdog. Like you're looking mm. at Eventbrite's and, and yes. you know, car manufacturers and you're like, oh, they're, you know, all-time low in terms of some of their stock value. Um, yeah, I'm thinking they, they could hopefully bounce back, but I guess it's a bit of a risky strategy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably should put a disclaimer around this. This is not financial advice. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Capital at risk. Capital at risk. Because um, um, yeah, it, it is it is quite addictive as well, yeah. which is weird. It's almost like a borderline gambling now that it becomes so um, accessible. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it, it has taken over a bit. <laughs> not not taken over my life, but in terms of my habits, because. Uh, like when I wake up, stock market opens at eight. So I'm like, oh, I'll check, 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 check what happened. And then at half two, US opens. So I'm like, oh, normally I'll check it at half two, see, see what's happening. But yeah, I, I check it often. And it's just yeah. quite nice to see what's happening. Um, but I, I need to get out of that because it, it just shouldn't matter what happens daily unless you're a day trader, which I'm not no. really. <laughs> it's, all about tra- it's all about trends, long-term trends. Um Cool. Yeah. So another kind of impact around COVID is uh, obviously a lot of people have have lost jobs or been furloughed and put out of jobs. And this this is an interesting kind of side effect. And same with almost any recession type thing is where loads of people flock to start businesses and start products. Um, And the quote maker indie community has uh, exploded with some good, mostly bad products, but you know people are trying and people are are putting things out there more than I've ever seen before. So, yeah, I guess are there any cool products that you've you've come across lately that 
maybe out of COVID or or uh, or just generally? Um, I've I've not been. I've tried to stay out a little bit. Although no, I haven't. I, I've I've seen quite a few. Um, but I, I've I've stayed out of like the indie hackers or product hunt sites. I think just because it's it's gotten very busy. Um, yeah. But I've I've tried to look at more about people that are promoting stuff on on Twitter or something that's at least got some growth to it or some nicety of it. Um, but I guess a lot of it's been from research of stuff that we've wanted to work on um, and seeing like similar products. So that's that's been quite good to to investigate. Um, I guess one of the um, the things that we've seen is this aspect of hubs or stuff that's around remote working and making stuff um, more accessible to teams that are working remotely because obviously that's been an impact of COVID. Um, a lot of companies have had to diverse and support working from home. And I guess that opens up a lot of possibilities to generate some um, foot in the door in terms of those products and get people using them. Um, one of the things that you raised, I can't remember how long ago it was, um, with Highlight, with like the yeah. dashboard things. Um, it was sort of a, a prompt to have more of a visibility of how the company's doing on a high level, I guess. Um, I think you initially pitched it as having sort of almost your TV up on the office and saying, yeah, you know, start team. What's yeah, it's on? about like celebrating achievements and, and making it mm-hmm. so that, um, yeah, you feel connected and 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 part of a team. I think yeah. engagement is always an issue, and now it's even more so with people dispersed across even countries now. Like some people flew back to to their own um, maybe native countries before this all kicks off, so they're working very far away. And yeah, you, you kind of almost lose sense maybe of that common goal and and common motivation. And I think if you have a place where you can quote highlight um all of these achievements maybe it's oh we sold you know x amount today or someone literally just purchased something um yeah i think there's there's definitely value in that and we're just we just i guess been trying to figure out the best way to deliver that and position that previously yeah it'd be quite cool to have a tv in the office that's out you know that's gone out the window that plan so um yeah we're thinking of like dashboard type things but then it becomes really quite generic because as soon as you introduce the word dashboard it, people are like a scared because they're like oh that sounds complicated or b it just sounds a bit too generic yeah. um and i guess we need to just yeah hone in and figure out what that what that is yeah. what that initial or at least what that initial product is yeah what what i liked um when when you said uh it's almost like a a second level of of journey of um Back back in the university days, we launched an app called UniApp, which was sort of a resource to bring all your things, links, or email, timetable in one place for an app. Um, and we built it at the time because it was just so confusing to access everything. Um, and it was super popular. And then it's sort of like the next level of that for businesses. And yeah, I still think that that's a, a good product. And yeah, it's it's the what's the initial features going to be? What what brings it immediate impact? 
then become sticky. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what we're trying to explore at the moment. It's um, it's really interesting as well, just what people are doing in this kind of to solve this problem. Some people are creating these weird like virtual offices where you can, or like virtual conferences where you kind of sit at a virtual yeah. table and then you're engaging with chat. And that, I I think that's bonkers. Like if someone pitched <laughs> that to me like two years ago, everyone would be like, "What? <laughs> like yeah. why yeah. would you do that?" And now it's like blown it wide open. Um, yeah. And then we've seen obviously the you know things like tandem. Um, you know, other kind of video chat things where you, you kind of sit on chat all day or, or can drop in and out really easily. I've really uh, seen some accelerate growth naturally because of the environment, but also because I think even post COVID there will be safe. Everything does go back to normal. I still think now there'll be an, uh, uh, a dramatic addition of remote working to most companies. And I think hopefully these tools can take advantage of that. It's similar with highlight. Um, yeah. Should it's we? Kind of, yeah. It's a bit like, um, yeah, this hybrid approach. You have to support both without leaving the other one out. And it's, yeah, yeah it's sort of bringing everyone on the same page. Um, yeah, which is hard to do. Because like we had before, a lot of our team were remote. Um, but then even having meetings, if one person's in the office and someone's remote, it's just awkward. I, I, I still want to solve that problem. I don't know how, but it's, yeah, if you have like a, a group of four people in an office and then two other people are remote the people that are remote are going to get left out just because of it's just human because you're you're looking at other people in the room and body language yeah. it just feels uh, quite hard to involve them um but yeah is that yeah. on a high level so we're exploring that at the moment which is good yeah and another product obviously that we've we've had on our books for a while now i think coming up to um well, we bought it actually just before the Wild Goose thing, so it's yep. about 15, 16 months. Um, it's user compass, which offers MPS surveys um, to Stripe customers. Um, we kind of we've got an affinity with this product because it's it's gloriously simple in what it does, and it works really well. And, and, we, and we've seen some customers use it really uh, extensively. Um, but it's a super crowded market, and it's one of those where you know so many people are doing MPS and different types, like see customer satisfaction. Um, there was kind of product market fit type surveys. There was one you linked, um, yeah. which I'm forgetting the name, something dot fit. Yeah, I've got one now. Sure. Let me check. Mm. Viable dot fit, which, yeah, um, yeah is, is kind of things that we were thinking about and looking at exploring, expanding that product into. Um, and I guess, yeah, we're just trying to think of, of these types of problems, but at the same time, um, we want to try and have, I guess, safer bets and more niche bets around what we're what we're working on, and that's just yes, what we're kind of exploring still. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still um, working on on things. I think it's the the big thing that has happened over the lockdown period is uh, for me anyway. It's it's allowed some time to think more, I guess. Um, and think about what products are missing from from the industry and, and what needs to be solved. Um, and I think it's probably a combination of everything's sort of noisy in terms of going on to the news and stuff and just being able to focus on stuff. I think um, I've had some time to get back almost some creativity um, and idea at Generation. Um, off the back of the lockdown, which has been a benefit, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think before then, um, we've been quite, well, me at least, I've been, I don't know, it's been uh, muddy, muddy waters in my head in terms of what we're going to be working on and thinking of new stuff. Um, I think my motivation in general was pretty low. Um, I don't know why. I think it was just focusing on wild goose things probably or focusing on being full-time. I think it's it's been hard to get back the creativity, but during this lockdown period, having to listen to, I've probably listened to hundreds of podcasts. I think that, that's just helped spawn um, well, like plant seeds, I guess. If you yeah. start listening to people talk about random things, it, sort of plant seeds, which is quite nice. And you start thinking about it more in your own time. Um, yeah, I, I'm in a interesting dilemma where I want to be creative, but I'm trying to limit my creativity mm. because I don't have much spare time. Obviously, baby around and um, yeah. full time job, but also um, I want to I want to try and move away from uh, shiny object syndrome, which I, I've always suffered from, and really try and like look at things objectively, but then try and uh, drill down and like put depth to them and commit to them and try and capitalize on that um motivation one kind of thing i wanted to try and do for 2020 was release a product every two months um i managed it in january there was changelog.fyi which is a kind of uh site that just lets you um have really simple change logs that you can show to users when they when they uh, revisit your website that was because we had like a need internally for that mm. um I'm going to classify like my second one as a baby. I think that's a, a good <laughs> enough one. But then, yeah, I've got like a, a you know a couple more that I want to try and shine out, or at least refine. Like it could be use a compass or or highlight where we um, go for it because it's quite interesting. Like whenever we talk about user compass, we always kind of get rehyped around mm. it, and uh, yeah, there's always just just something there. But it's just how do we crack that super super crowded market? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know what we're going to do with the podcast. I think we need to maybe either feature it around one of the products that we're going to build out or have a distinctive theme because this just felt like a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah, it would be good to... Yeah, even as like a update on the products we're working on, that, that might help uh, personally anyway. Like, motivation for it um yeah update on the stocks <laughs> um but no yeah i think focusing on products would be good um, all right well we'll we'll um maybe we'll have another podcast to discuss exactly which product we're actually going to do and, and and build out but um yeah for now okay let's let's wrap it up so um i really like from acquired where they do carve outs and they just do a shout out or something they, they've liked recently <laughs> So yeah. I think we should try and try and do that. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve, do you want to, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So I sent over a link to something called vendor.com, um, which is they raised yesterday, I think is around 40 million. Um, but basically they help companies reduce their software spend. Um, so they come in as almost like a, a CFO or, um, 
not hagglers, <laughs> but specialists in haggling deals and negotiating terms of SaaS contracts because um, they've got a lot of experience. So they come in, I think you, I don't know what the the process is, whether you pay monthly, um, but they basically come in and try and sort your overheads out, which I think is, is pretty good. Um, it's a really nice way of dealing with stuff that you don't want to deal with. Um, because we, we suffer it from the company right at the moment where there's a lot of overheads in terms of software costs and um, things that you're sort of tied to and you can't really negotiate or get away from it. So I guess they sort of do a external view of your expenditure and try and sort it out and make it yeah. streamlined. Because you just come away, you come away feeling quite angry, don't you, from the, from the like... <laughs> some of these deals and and it's, it's bonkers that and i'm not naming any names but you know the number one quote crm platform in the world could do could do better yeah. in terms of how they um kind of treat their their, their longer term customers and and i think yeah there's there's super big need for for this type of product i know there's a couple of others like bellissimo which um basically tries to get get you some indication of like where your money's going and, and are you actually using the services? That's quite an interesting like prospect, like how many Adobe licenses mm. go unused, that type of thing. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anything else? So you're just going to just do one? Uh, yeah, I've got another one. Uh, Pod Hero, All right. which is the always problem of monetizing your podcast, um, which a lot of people do ads, um, advertisements, sponsorships. Sponsorships are available for the airboy, <laughs> but well, the, the previously known as airboy <laughs> Um But yeah, there's this sort of general stigma of of how to monetize your podcast. Um, I listened to uh, this podcast with Andrew Wilkinson and uh, the guys from My First Million, um, and they were talking about podcasts and sort of a, a, a pass podcast as a service. Um, model of just offering subscription to listen to your podcast um, which I don't think anyone so some people are doing like premium podcasts so acquired or have like a, a premium group where you can sign up to and you get more visibility of what's going on in their podcast setup and you get some exclusive club and exclusive content um, which is pretty nice way of doing it and then you've got the Joe Rogan which is all ads um, and he makes most of the money for that apart from the Spotify deal. Um, and then you got Pod Hero, which is a sort of a new way of you subscribe to just Pod Hero and then it then distributes your subscription price to certain podcasts in its system. So it's just a, a way of, I guess, distributing your subscription to multiple uh, podcasts that you listen to rather than just the one. Um, which is nice. nice. Yeah, nice. Pod Hero cool, mine's... On my um, my carve out is, is quite uh, fitting because mine's a podcast. So I, I may have mentioned this before, but I don't think I have. The Art of Product, um, artofproductpodcast.com, which is hosted by Ben and Derek. And Ben is the CEO of Tuple, which is a screen remote screen sharing app. And it's been really interesting. They do, it's usually weekly, but there hasn't been one in a couple of weeks now. But they usually do a weekly kind of, it's almost, it almost feels like a uh, kind of, like a sprint catch up where they just talk about what they've been working on. And it's been really interesting just to hear like how Tuple's growth has accelerated um, 
during COVID and how they're kind of reacting to it. So that's a really um, interesting one. And then Derek is found previous co-founder of drip.com and uh, he's now doing his own thing and he's trying to find out like what he wants to do next. So he's in that period of trying to validate ideas. And do that. Really interesting. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. I think that wraps it up. So uh, thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll be back soon with a titled podcast. Yep. <laughs> All right. Just...